All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to a brand new episode of SCAR. Now, SCAR stands for Seeking Courage and Redemption with Dustin Rivenbark. I'm excited about this brand new episode. Before we get into all of the details and all of that, I want to tell you sort of the intent of the podcast, kind of the why are we here, so to speak. And we're here to work out our trials and tribulations and hardships in such a way that we begin to unfold God's plan and purpose for our lives. Now, you may be thinking, but why me, right? Why do I need to listen to Scar? And the truth is, we all have stuff. And no matter what this stuff is, whether big or small, this life is full of stuff, junk that just can cloud our minds. And if we're not careful, it can change the trajectory of our lives. And so that's what we want to do is kind of walk each other through life and and share our hardships and our trials. And we interview a lot of great people. Today, I wanted to kind of jump into chapter six of my book, Courage and Redemption. And I wanted to talk to you guys uh, a little bit about my fifth key battle principle from the story of Joshua. And it is Claim your inheritance. In Ephesians 1.11, the Bible tells us, In him we were also made his inheritance, predestined according to the purpose of the one who works out everything in agreement with the decision of his will. The fifth key battle principle from the story of Joshua is to claim your inheritance. Now, after a major loss at AI, Joshua was was feeling good. He was the warrior. He was the 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 man of destiny, Joshua, right? And he goes in with this kind of unprayerful attitude. He goes in with this mindset of, "Hey, yo, we got this." And jumps in there and gets his tail handed to him uh, at the hands of AI. And you know, I think this taught him a valuable, valuable lesson, and and I think it taught him to, uh, it empowered him to go back to what he knew from the very beginning, which is this prayerful mindset, this this idea of trusting God with our lives. Joshua eight one, do not be afraid or discouraged. Take all the troops with you and go attack AI. Look, I have handed over to you the king of Ai, his people, city, and land. There it is. He now has the promise of God. Now through this prayerful mindset, he now has the promise of God to go in and claim his inheritance. By inheritance, let's don't get this word wrong. I don't mean a handout. I can look back through my scars, through my hardships, through my trials, right? I can look back through my scars and see that nothing came easy for me in this life. But by inheritance, I mean all that God has for me, right? If I, if I just look at my scars, I can see that the, the enemy wanted me down. He wanted me scarred, 
But through seeking courage and redemption, all of the broken pieces can be put back together. This is so huge for us to understand that it's not through our fight. It's not through our struggle, our our ability rather, that we find victory through the tragedy, through the storm. But it's through God. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Though the enemy roams the earth like a roaring lion. It's like a snake with his head, though, already cut off. It's still dangerous, but his time is limited. Man, if God is for you, who can be against you? But here's the problem with so much going on in life, with so much distraction, with so much worry, with so much fear. Should I be worried about COVID today? Should I be worried about the race war? Should I be worried about rioting? Should I be worried about saying the wrong thing, upsetting somebody? Should I be worried about a photo that I take that somebody's going to be upset about, right? Sometimes you long to find your true self. Inside you battle a deep call from your origin, from your creation. Inside you scream intelligent design and your universe screams intelligent design. But somewhere along the way, we've lost connection with the creator. And it hurts. Man, it it hurts. But you are hardwired to believe in something. You are hardwired to worship something. And so you fill that void and you stuff that pain with stuff like addictions, depression, anxieties, or reality TV. Your heart yearns for what the universe knows to be true. You have a purpose. You have an inheritance to receive. You were created to have a relationship with God. He is relational. Are you you hearing what I'm saying? God, God created you to have a relation. But here's the thing. The enemy surrounds you from every side. Though 10,000 enemies surround me from every side. Every time we sit down and we try to have a quiet time or, or a quiet moment with God. Distractions come to our forefront. It could come in the form of worry. Man, it could... It could come in the form of this quiet time feels awkward. It's a complete disconnect. It could come in the in the form of lust. Lustful thoughts entering your mind. It could come in the form of anger. So many things can pop up around us in distraction to take us out of that prayerful mindset 
that God wants so desperately and that Joshua found so, so powerful. Later on in, jo- in Joshua, I believe it's chapter 13, throughout the next several chapters, Joshua divides the conquered lands according to their designated clans. Right here we see wisdom, strength, and loyalty that have been given to Joshua. He's highly respected and trusted with what has been given to him. Joshua modeled strength. And even when he was weak, he modeled courage. Even when he was scared, now it's time to pass it on. What have you gone through? Look back at your life. Where in life have you had to go through preparation? Obtaining spies, uh, purging out people that don't belong in your life and surrounding yourself with powerful people, life givers, right? When have you had to cross a Jordan, an obstacle, a major obstacle that seemed daunting and fierce, that seemed like you could not do it without God coming through for you? When's the last time you had the faith to step out even into the water ankle deep for God to do a miracle? Fourth time, or fourth thing, when have you had a chance to enter the battle and defeat the enemy through recognizing That it's not you who fights, but Christ inside of you. Now we have to to claim our inheritance. By that I I mean all that God has for us. He has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And we have to go in, uh, uh, we have to go in and we have to live that. And we have to model that. And we have to pass along what we've learned, the knowledge that we've gained, the life that we've lived. Listen, through through preparing, obtaining spies, crossing the Jordan, defeating, defeating the enemy, and claiming our God-given promises through the claiming of inheritance, you can finally give back. Man, look back. When you finally get to this point where you can finally start to give back wisdom, truth, revelation, love, you can finally love yourself. You can finally love that person who hurt you, that person who stood in your way, that person who would not allow you a chance to advance. When you can finally give back, it's such a a beautiful moment in time. It's such a beautiful time in history. And and here's the thing, guys. So often in life, we want to settle, but we can't. That's why we're always searching, man. We have the wrong priorities. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There it is, right there. It's Christ. It's not me. It's Christ. If you can do all things, then that means nothing is impossible, right? 
Yeah, your perspective is right. Your priorities are right. Christ is the only one who can fill us in the first place. When you seek Christ, you never settle because you are settled. Mmm. The war against pride is defeated through Christ. God's not a vending machine, God. You don't pump a few quarters, pump a few prayers into him and get out your Snickers or get out your your requests from God. No. He's relational. Stop and think about this now. Like, I, I did a devotion. Uh, uh, I do a devotion in the morning times with uh, a group of pastors from all around. We do uh, a devotion on the phone and uh, conference. And, and we talked about this very thing. I want you to stop and I want you to think about the God of the heavens and the earth. The same God that breathes stars into existence desires a relationship with you. Now, if you let that just roll right off my tongue and right through your ears and not give it another thought, you missed it. Listen to me. The same God that created the hands and the earth that breathes stars into existence desires a relationship with you. I need you to get this in your spirit. I need you to get this in your bones. I need you to let it rise up right now. I need it to let the hair stand up on the back of your neck. I need you to feel this. He desires a relationship with you. But I sit down and I get so distracted and I get so thrown off course and there's so much going on that I just can't focus. What do I do? I keep on going. I keep on tuning in. I keep on listening. I keep on praying. I don't stop. I listen. I sit. I feel. I do this day in and day out. Anticipating. Excitedly expecting. God to move in such a powerful, powerful way. The Alpha and the Omega is relational. God desires a relationship with you. Jesus' last command is, is go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. In other words, his last command was a call to action. He calls us to action. When Jesus is ready to perform a miracle, there are typically a call to action. Every time he gets ready to perform a miracle, take up your mat and go. He calls us into action. When Peter and the disciples were in the boat and a storm blew up, They saw Jesus walking on the water. Peter said, Lord, if this is really you, tell me to come to you. Jesus told him, come. That very word, come, was a call to action. And guess what? It wasn't just to Peter. That is an all-encompassing word. Come to me. 
Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. When God got ready to create humankind, what did he do? Yes, he molded them with his hands. I'm saying he breathed his breath. The very essence of that breath was a call to action, a call to life, a command to life. If Jesus came for us to have abundant life, which is what the word of God says, then it's settled. You can have abundant life. Don't worry about tomorrow. Yes, you're facing that eviction from your apartment. Yes, yes, you're facing that drug addiction. Yes, you are facing that sick son, that sick daughter, mother, father. Yes, your brother or your sister is in need, desperate need. Yes, you may not be sure what tomorrow has in store, but I can be certain of this, that the creator of the heaven and the earth loves me, that he created me with his perfect hands, and that he has a plan and a purpose for my life that I can rest assured. If he called me to life, he loves me. He came and he died on a cruel, rugged cross. After 33 years, Jesus walked this earth for 33 years and he died on a cruel, rugged cross so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He had nails uh, nailed through his hands and through his feet and he hung on that cross till his very last breath came out of his body. And he was released. It is finished. And they took his body. And they laid it in a tomb. And three days later, he rose again with our freedom in his hands. And he turned those scared men inside that upper room. He's turned those scared little men into the most powerful preachers of the resurrection this world has ever seen. Just imagine. Imagine what, what he can do in your life. With so much technology at your fingertips. With, with so many moving parts in this world. With so much going on and advancements. And living in the United States of America or wherever it is that you're hearing this podcast. We've had people tune in in India. Imagine if God could do that with 12 men living in thousands of years ago, right? Imagine what he could do now with you listening to this very podcast. I want to ask you to be still. I want to ask you to be okay with stillness. There's so much power and being still. The scripture says, be still and know that I am God. 
that word no that word no is 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 be certain be filled be still and know this isn't this isn't a question this isn't a hope so or maybe so he says be still and know i want you to find a quiet room i want you to find a quiet closet I want you to find a beautiful spot under a shade tree. I want you to get still. Yes, the distractions are going to pop in your head. Yes, the feeling of inadequacy is going to show up. Yes, you're going to be alone with yourself and you're going to have to face some things. With a sober mind. And it's going to be hard. You're not going to want to do it. But you're not alone. You are not alone and you have direct access thanks to one name and one name alone. The Bible says that the veil was torn from top to bottom. And what this did was allow direct access to God Almighty. Wow. Wow. I mean, we get so wrapped up, guys. We we get so wrapped up in bank accounts and 401ks and what tomorrow's going to bring and this struggle and that hurt and he said and she said and I'm going to call and set them straight. I'm going to do all this. We get so wrapped up. When at the end of the day, we just got to give it to God, folks. You just got to give it over to God. Even your enemies, pray for them. Run to God, not away from God. It's like, it's like your GPS on your phone. It's going to take you from point A to point B, allow the Holy Spirit to be your GPS. And what's even beautiful about the GPS, you may feel like you're off-road. You may feel like it's taking you a wild way. But when the Holy Spirit is your guide, it's right on time. And He knows what He's doing. Even through the bumpy places, even through the sharp curves, right? <laughs> even through the uh-ohs and oh-nos. The Holy Spirit knows what He's doing. And you can trust Him, and it's okay. Do you trust God? I'm serious. Do you, do you trust God? Let's think about it. Do I worry? Yeah. Am I am I upset sometimes? Do I feel like it's up to me? Oh yeah. When I look back at a pattern in my life, do I see a pattern of trust? I do actually because I have I have even though I have these feelings, right? 
Even though I have these feelings, you have to learn that feelings are not right or wrong. They're just feelings. However, if I trust, I'm going to step into that Jordan. I'm going to step into that Jordan even through the doubt, right? Are you stepping? Are you stepping into the Jordan knowing that you have no idea how you're going to get over this obstacle? All you know is inside, you're going to face it. Somehow, God is going to pull you through it if He pulls you to it. When we fall short, and we will, guys, we will. When we fall short, when we fall off the wagon, we must recognize that Jesus is right there extending His hand like He did to Peter when He sank in the water. Joshua was never interested in perfection. So many people want perfection. They want the biggest and the best and the shiny. They think that's what it's all about. Oh, people will love it if it's shiny. Joshua was never interested in perfection. He never claimed to have all the answers, right? He simply obeyed God and allowed God to lead him. By having God as your internal compass, he had an entire nation follow him. Wow. Yeah, he had scars. Yeah, he had been through hardships. He had seen the devastating impact of slavery and torture. He was led into the wilderness by a trusted advisor and he watched so many people die before him before he was finally called to stand up and lead an entire nation into the promised land. The fear inside of him could have crippled him, but it didn't. It did not. Because he trusted God. Not because he thought it was cool. Not because it was shiny and beautiful. It was actually hard for Joshua. Josh, or God had to tell Joshua nine times, or three times in the first nine verses to be strong and courageous. This lets you know he was afraid. But he trusted. He believed. Joshua was an early riser. He would go, he would go and spend time with God before he started his day. What takes a person from good to great is their ability to harness fear and push through to their purpose. But so often they're blinded by, I don't know what my calling, I don't know my calling, I don't know why I'm here. Where has God placed you? For greatest impact. Where has God placed you for impact? And you're thankful through obedience. Right now, that's the direction you need to go to start going towards your calling, to go towards your purpose. Where can you make an impact thankful through obedience and you do it? Yes, you're scared. Yes, you don't know how it's going to turn out. 
But you keep going. And you keep believing. That he's got you. Your place of biggest impact. Could be right where you are. Now. God has so much more in store for you. But what he views as big to the kingdom of God may look very small to the people of the world. Trust God. Live your life, man. Lead other people. Coming from a a broken place, it can seem hard to picture yourself leading your own self, much less other people, much less leading an entire nation. But God is so much bigger than your imagination. The God of the universe, of the heavens and the earth, desires a relationship with you. You can't see it. You can't see it. But God can. We must fight. We must keep stepping. We can't go from one to six, but we can go from one to two and two to three and three to four. Nobody took Jesus' life, but yet he laid down his life for your sin and for mine so that we can live life and live it abundantly and have a great life. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your broken spirit to take all of that junk, all of that stuff right now and lay it at the foot of your altar. At the foot of the altar. I want to close this out with a prayer. I'm feeling feeling very strongly right now that, that some of you listening to this may be in your car, so please don't close your eyes if you're driving. Um, but some of you may have your iPod or, or earphones on. Some of you may be listening to this on your computer. Whatever, I don't care. But I want you to think about what area of life do you need to surrender to God right now? Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your children, your spouse. Maybe there's some stuff going on in your life that you haven't given over to God. I want you to lay it at the altar. Through this prayer, maybe you need to take a minute and surrender your life to Jesus and accept Jesus in your heart. If that's you today, I want you to close your eyes or if you're driving, keep your eyes open. But I want you to say something like this. God, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of your grace. God, I I make the choice today to accept you into my heart. Please come into my heart as Lord and Savior, as my Savior, and take over my life. God, I truly repent of my sins. I ask for forgiveness of my sins. And I forgive those who have sinned against me. God, help me with my unbelief. 
Strengthen me in my walk with you. Help me to see your face when I read scripture. Help me to know your personality when I speak to you. God, I desire more of you and less of me. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me right there, the Bible says that you will be saved. Now, from this point forward, I want to know what areas you need to lay down. Maybe you are a believer. Let's lay it down at the altar. Father, I just I come to you in a bold expectation that you're going to do great things in and through the lives of, of believers and non-believers who may be listening to this podcast, Lord. I pray that they take all of their anxieties, all of their worries, all of their fears, all of their pain, whatever area that is in their life. Maybe it's finances, God. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's maybe it's bills. Maybe it's uh, their job. Maybe it's their spouse or a relative, a sick child, or their own addictions or fears. God, help me to give my worry. Help me to take my anxiety. Lay it all at the altar today. God, I release it. I release these areas to you. I don't want to deal with it anymore. I believe that you are going to take care of all of the rest. I believe that I can trust you. That if I sit down and I get still, I believe in my heart of hearts that I can hear from you. All I got to do is keep listening, Father, through the distractions. God, I ask that you remove those distractions. The Bible tells us to resist the devil and he will flee from us, God. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your love. and God, we love you. We trust you. And we want to We want to give you all areas of our life, God. Help us. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. Hey, I love this today. Claim your inheritance, realizing that you have so much to give, right? You have so much to do in this life, and you have so much joy to live out in this life, and it's okay to do that. It's okay to to be excited about the future. It's okay to be excited about life. Look at how far you've come. Let's claim our inheritance. And I cannot wait until next week. But as for our listeners, we'll see you in the next couple of days.